Dog Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. Back, bitches. We haven't been canceled yet. I think a more accurate statement would be we've already been and are still canceled. Welcome back to Pirate Radio. I honestly don't know what the threshold is for cancellation. Is it that you've been pushed past a point where you no longer have redemption? Right? Like you have a there's there's enough internet outrage against you that it impacts your job prospects sounds like milo <laughs> i mean if anybody's been canceled milo's been canceled wasn't he canceled like 10 years ago like shortly after trump got into office i think i think it was like uh what's his name uh the, the dude who uh, the conspiracy guy alex jones it was Alex Jones, and then it was Milo after that, I think. Milo, and then uh, what's Gavin from uh, the Proud Boys. It was right after the Alex Jones, everybody was like, oh, well, it's only going to happen to him. And like, because, you know, libertarians were up in arms. And then it was like, right after that, they did it to all those people. And it was like, oh, yeah, really? It's only going to happen to him, huh? <laughs> you know? And they just never came back, you know, not, they didn't have the infrastructure on the back end like Alex Jones did. So it just really destroyed everything they built. What's interesting to me though, is the people who were, let's say rising to prominence at the same time, but did not suffer that same fate. Like Ben Shapiro, I think is a good example there where. He has only grown since then. Yeah, but Ben Shapiro has a major backing. He's part of the war machine in the Israeli like uh, propaganda wing. He's not going to get canceled. If you have the war machine or food and drug behind you, you're safe. Well, let's just say all wars, right? Because it's uh, two different elephants in the room can both be looked at as war because one is literal war and the military industrial complex, but the other is the war on drugs, right? Because the reason there is a war on drugs in the first place is spun as for your own safety, but (laughs) it is to keep things illegal and profitable for the three-letter agencies, but more importantly, to not provide alternatives to the drug manufacturers. Very so, much so. So you can just basically say anyone who is anti-war is yeah. not going to get airtime. But, I mean, if you go back and you look, you could see that people who hold very right 
opinions who are on the side of one of those two major players in government, they are very much allowed to continue speaking. Again, on the same thing on the left. I mean, there are still left journalists that, believe it or not, are anti-war, strongly anti-war, but they are silenced. There are left politicians that are very much anti-Food and Drug Administration and anti-all that, and they are silenced. So real real quick on the anti-war trip, I know we have a bunch of really critical things to cover today, but I did have something that was kind of timely that I actually wanted to get some perspective on, which was an anti-war rally that just took place. So if you are living in the United States and you are Russian, the American people left, right, otherwise, have no time for you because they associate you with your government. But if you're a Russian and you go to an anti-war rally, how do you express your desire for peace without using the Russian flag? Because it seems that that was taken the wrong way. These folks who are maybe in some way proud of where they came from, but more importantly are trying to signal that they are Russian and they believe in peace. They fly Russian flags at an anti-war rally, but they're taken as pro-Putin or something. I'm not entirely sure what the... Well, no, I think it, I think it's a very common thing. I think that people associate you with the country that you're in. I mean, look at what happened to the tennis players and shit. They were from Russia. They weren't allowed to compete. Uh, stupid shit uh, there's, like that. There's the Olympic know? stuff as well happening, yeah. right? Right. It was, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's in a time that everybody's saying everybody equality and all this stuff, they persecute the people who are already being persecuted by their government. I mean, that would be like me saying, oh, you know, cause like you can't compete because we're helping to commit genocide in Yemen. Well, I don't want to help commit genocide in Yemen. I've been trying. I've been talking out against against it for a long time. I just that's not me doing that. That's this evil government that robs me every week doing that. It's the mob doing that. Why don't you go fuck with the tell the mob they can't play tennis? Yeah. So I think the the question is one: Is there a better way to show? solidarity than that but no. maybe two should you even be worried about the you way that that's perceived you can't cater to all these people because they're looking for something so when they look for something they're gonna find something 
You just can't do it. It's it's impossible. You can try to cater a little bit, but I think it's I think you should put very minimal effort into it. Very minimal. I'm just of two minds about it because it's it's fine to say that that perception doesn't matter because they are going to find something. But also you are doing something in a very public way. You're trying to protest something and to what degree should you have a responsibility to make that signal and statement clear? I mean, if you listened to any of it, you would have, it's very, it was very, very clear. So the imagery, um, I just don't know that I personally wouldn't fly any government flag, uh, because while I do feel some sort of patriotic love for America. I do understand that the American flag was was actually designed for a purpose, and that purpose was that they felt like the people were too attached to their states and not didn't really care about the central government in America because the central government had no power. And one of the ideas to change that and get more central government power is to have a flag they could all rally behind. And it was presented by, this idea was presented by a outspoken socialist. And then they, of course, commissioned, what's her name? Betsy Ross. To make the damn flag. So while it it does mean different things to different people, our American flag, it now that I know the origin story of that flag, I feel no uh, pride in it or the flag itself. In fact, I, I look at the flag as an oppressor of the people of America. I look at I, I look at the people as the pride. And then the the flag is something that was used to oppress them. So So is the uh, best way to undo all of that to go back to using state flags? Yeah, I mean state flags and then uh, take a take a if you really want to get down and dirty with it, let's go back to some of the Irish and do clans. I think house flag Wait, personal flag. Everybody has their own. It'll look like uh, it would look like a uh, battlefield from a, a LARPing battlefield. Just a bunch of hand-drawn flags. I don't think anything's hand-drawn anymore. I think there are so many printing methods now that you're going to get a much higher fidelity flag i get your point but i don't i don't think there's any criticism that has been pointed towards their decision to show the russian flag at an anti-war rally uh, their their intentions were easy to discern so you could have if you were confused by it you could just listen to the rally for a second and you would know what it was really about. 
Um, but the people who wanted it to be that narrative, they, they were looking for something and the Russian flag was something easy to pick out. Um, while, like I said, I wouldn't fly a government flag. I understand that people do. I understand that the American flag means something to people who feel the same way I do. They just don't, their emotions don't tie to the reason why the flag was made as much as mine. So, I suppose I'm just trying to give myself uh, a dose of my own medicine here mm-hmm. and trying to ignore the intentions because the intentions don't matter as much as the bottom line because we talk about that all the time with all these agencies and legislations and regulations that get passed. It's like, oh, well, this was intended to protect people and this is intended to keep people safe and this is et cetera, et cetera. But Mm -hmm. that intention doesn't matter if effectively it becomes a tool of tyranny or authoritarianism, whatever it ends up being. So I'm trying to sort of take that same perspective. You're talking about somebody who has intentions that hurt people and then somebody who has intentions and somebody else takes them wrong and pretends like they hurt people. Like. No, because two different uh, things entirely. No, because the start of so many of these, let's just say regulations, right? While there are regulations that start on, you know, the house floor or what have you, there are also a lot of things that start in the hearts and minds of people who head nonprofits or people who work for organizations trying to help the disenfranchised, whether you're trying to help people who have allergies or you're trying to help people who are wrongfully incarcerated. There's so many people who are trying to help. Yeah. And yes, it ends up going through. So to advocate to not use violence or force to do something to somebody and to in the name of good and then the to advocate to use violence and force against somebody for your perceived good uh you're already on two completely different planes at this point so you're already in evil so your intentions don't matter uh whereas these people there is no evil in t- being done here i don't think that's a fair characterization of a lot of these things so let's let's say the i think it is i think because they don't see it that way is the big problem they see their they see their problem and right in front of them and they say let's let's have the government do x or y and and because they don't look beyond to see what, how does the government achieve doing X or Y? And I'm sorry, but it doesn't, it's not okay. It's just because you go to the mob guy and you say, hey, I really need to get this corner of land 
and it's not for sale and then it then later it is for sale it's not okay that they you went and killed the old man who owned it i i take that and and i think that's a bit of an extreme case but i i still take your point i'm but it's also not a universal truth that folks are trying to solve that with government right so many folks like if 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 we say like let's the let's use like a food allergy thing as as a okay common one so often these organizations and i know this word has other connotations but like grassroots uh-huh. campaigns and movements they will go to manufacturers and large brands and essentially just lobby them to participate in something that they all believe is for the good of the consumer, whether that be with labeling or manufacturing best practices, things like that. And they are not enforced by threat of violence. They're not even considering going to the government. They start with truly just going to, to lobby these people to make a change for the better. And sometimes it ends there. So that's why. And that's, it, that's completely fine. Right. There's nothing wrong with that morally or socially or anything. And, and that's why I don't think it's fair to characterize them as being different in their intent because so often it does start there and might even be effective at that level. But something happens. But if you don't get your way, with the lobby towards the 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 manufacturer, and then you go to the state. If you go to somebody else and say, "Hey, he wouldn't do this. Will you force him to?" Yeah, and I'm not saying that's, that's completely right. different. That's completely different. That is a completely different thing. It's like you know, oh, my husband won't give me the house when I divorce him. So I'm going to go get a hitman. That'll take care of it. You'll get the house. And maybe you were the right person for the house. You were going to have the kids. It made sense for you to have the house. But you weren't going to get the house. And I completely agree with you, which is why I'm saying it's important to make the distinction that it doesn't always start there. Yeah. The intention doesn't always start with government intervention. No, but if it goes there, it's, it, it changes. Everything changes. Sure, I, I, I we agree there. <laughs> I, I'm I'm saying that we would be misleading. Not only, I don't think our, we would. Our, our, I would never say. I don't think I've ever implied that anything that goes voluntarily or or just between a company and a, like a group or. Anything like that. Any voluntary interaction I've never said is evil or that is going to be or has it doesn't have the potential to be evil as long as it's voluntary. Right. But I was I was comparing various different intentions and how they can sometimes go awry. And Uh, yeah, not all of these intentions start with government intervention. I think that's why I say it's not a, a fair comparison to say. One is government intervention versus the other. I think that is its own comparison. Well, I think if you're having a political rally directly pointed at your government, 
and one is a asking for something and the other is asking them not to do something not to kill I mean that's when you're comparing an anti-war rally it's not a private war you know it's it's a war between governments that is going to kill private people so like comparing it to a group of people lobbying a, a company not to do something that's it's not really the same thing at all so like i mean that's that's my point is like it's hard for me to understand where the two connect because one is very pointedly directly talking to a government and telling them not to do something your point being that because they're going straight to the government that the act is inherently political whereas others might start apolitical and mm -hmm. veer into that right and they are completely on a a moral path until they're not you understand so you you can you can have a goal and you can do it the moral way or you can veer off and it's it immediately becomes immoral as soon as you ask the government to do it immediately yeah anyway back to the task at hand state flags over country flags <laughs> yep neighborhood flags yeah that flag thing is tough for me to explain to people especially i grew up in a marine corps household so bringing that up around my father is difficult but does he have any attachment to the state flag at all uh is there fuck, a... i don't know i mean he grew up me and him both grew up in florida so i would say he'd probably have more more of an attachment to the florida flag being that he grew up there you know we're not currently in florida neither of us so maybe but he just you know he's always had the marine corps flag flying in the house or the american flag things like that and you know i used to like be real respectful and take it in out of the rain if i was coming up the steps and it was raining and i knew he you know he it's hard for him to get around now so i take it out of the rain for him but i don't do that anymore well, what if we go one step back up? So it's not all the way down to state level, but maybe region level. Yeah. What about the Confederate flag? <laughs> well, I mean, he has that kind of stuff, but it's because he collects like uh, Civil War artifacts. So he has like old, old flags that maybe flew union and confederate and like the musket balls and the the they weren't balls but they're they were still powder shot you know shots and whatnot cannonballs he has all that shit uh broken swords and money from the confederate states and it's just crazy shit like that do we reinstitute both the Confederate 
currency as well as the flag if we try to assist yeah i think so i think we all have to start flying the confederate flag but i don't think it's the the battle flag right or do we have to i think some people are confused and think we have to fly the battle flag well i think we have to do it exactly the same way i think we fly the battle flag yeah. i think we reinstitute slavery i think we need to grow a lot more tobacco yes and then because it needs to be period accurate right and then we need to take over a military base in south carolina and tell them that they can't have their guns and then abraham lincoln needs to send a warship down to start firing upon the people in that base or three warships. Let's just try and keep the history confined to the textbook version. I don't remember exactly how they spun. How did they say it started? I don't remember. Like, I know how it actually started, but I don't remember how they say it started in the textbooks because I threw all that shit out of my brain. <laughs> Do you remember? I bet if you start talking, it'll come back to me. Okay, so it was after the Cretaceous period, but <laughs> before the Nazis. Yeah. Well, there was a chapter before and then a chapter after. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... um no, honestly, we we're there's a lot of talk of of uh, national divorce, secession. There's a reason why we don't use the word secession, which is is a word that describes what uh, we're doing, and that's because people associate secession with the 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 Civil War, the Confederates breaking off of the Union. And that is not, while it is, was their right to do so, according to the Constitution of the United States, they, they did it in a way where it was, it was a whole bunch of states leaving at the same time with, with demands. Um, and I think the di one of the differences is it's just it's not a whole bunch of states it's like one now or maybe one later and it's it's there's no demands they just want to be left alone and it's there's no there's no desire to take uh, take property that belong to the to the feds uh, other than actual land that doesn't really belong to the feds that they just claimed out of nowhere like uh, national parks and shit like that they just they just claim uh but no no military equipment or anything like that uh that, that's that's different than the the civil war and during the civil war 
there was a lot of the states, including South Carolina, were seizing not only the bases that the federal uh, government was in, but seizing their weapons. And we can guess why, because they were they intended a war. Um, South Carolina, while it was fired upon first, I think was provoking a a man that they knew was mad and drunk with power into this. Uh, a lot of people do. A lot of a lot of the writings of some of the the top brass at that time were they were pushing for the war to happen. Um, and they knew that Abraham Lincoln being a power hungry murderer that he is, is just the man to do it. So one thing that I think is worth noting, even though I can easily see this being something we can be a bit flippant about, but it is the co-opting of certain phrases. So national divorce being one of them, I have heard that phrase in, let's say, the like libertarian circle for the last two, three years, maybe. Not sure really when it got. Yeah, there's a big discussion popular. on what to use besides secession because they just didn't want they didn't want to be flooded with that unfortunately kind of juvenile propaganda argument against it. Well, and and that's that's precisely what we are about to get now that that phrase seems to have been co-opted by these right-wing politicians. I just saw Marjorie Taylor Greene mm-hmm. talking all about it and she is essentially just calling for Civil War Part 2. She hasn't really explicitly said about war, but she's still sort of advocating for this very red state, blue state, conservative government. Well, she can do that all she wants. I, I, that's not what we're doing as libertarians. That's not the national divorce that we are we're doing. So, like, uh, when I, I discuss that, but, but... national divorce with people about states that I would consider moving to or being part of that system, this is what I'm talking about. And that is fine. But if people who want to, I, in fact, I, that's, it's, I believe that it's, it's a good thing for more states to do it with their, with their values intact. Because the more that do it with different values intact, will the, the market will play out what works over time. And without a big 
swash of people to like uh, to leech off of, they will have to answer to their mistakes a lot quicker. Um, and I th- I think that's fine, but but this margin, the problem with that is is I can't I can't care what Marjorie Taylor Green says she wants to do. I can only answer for what I want to do. So, yes, she is going to make a lot of noise. And now I'm going to have to explain to people that's not what's happening in New Hampshire. This and that. And Marjorie Taylor Greene is kind of stupid. Civil War is for idiots. And it kills babies. And nobody here in New Hampshire or wherever the fuck I am that's going to go away from the national government is doing it to kill babies. To kill our children. To kill our brothers and our sisters. We are not doing it for that. So, she can do whatever she wants to do. But she's not gonna, it's not going to work out for her. While I agree, I don't think that it can be ignored that someone who has a platform as large as she does can co-opt something that is not copyrighted, not patented. That phrase over the course of two, three years in small but well-intentioned circles. Well, then maybe we should come up with a new name for it. The, The National Divorce, not Marjorie Taylor Green version. <laughs> I mean, let's just That's get a nice ring. Get it pointed. Let's go ahead and get it pointed as shit. And I mean, because these people are going to continue to do that because the powers that be that don't want this to happen want the crazy people to have the platform saying these words because. They don't want it to happen. So anytime a crazy person is willing to say those words, they're going to elevate them to the highest. They're turning up the volume on that because they don't want these things to happen. That's why Marjorie Taylor Greene gets the platforms all the time saying shit like this because there's people out there really doing it and doing it right. And that's what they're actually scared of. So... Maybe we just need to get it pointed. Maybe we need to be that pointed. We're doing the not Marjorie Taylor Green national divorce. And and look, I I hate that it's co-opted and has to be a thing, but I do think it has to be addressed because, like I say, over the course of several years, it achieved some level of traction, and then overnight became something that someone with a very large platform made into something stupid. Oh. Yeah. I didn't even something know she stupid, did it, but also I, I, but I, I'm, uh, I'm not surprised that I've been having these conversations on Twitter now because Marjorie Taylor green opened her fucking mouth and said some shit, some stupid shit. I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all to hear that. And, and look, I, 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 I do think it's, not uh isn't she a georgia person she she is indeed um not representative in the true 
hmm. uh, definition of the word, but representative in title. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I hate to go down that that path, but I also think it's an elephant in the room that we should address because words matter as much as they're understood and clarity matters. And I- if someone is going to co-opt a phrase, again, we can't ignore. We it. can't ignore it, but we can't give them respect either. I think that's something we need to do. We need to be more willing to do is call people stupid. Call people like her stupid, evil, and dangerous. Well, again, going back to the thing you were talking about with flags and the clarity of your message. Even though the swastika started as a Buddhist symbol of peace or whatever it was, at some point you had to accept that it was co-opted by folks who misused it and abused it, and you should probably find a new symbol for peace. And we should probably find a new phrase for what we're talking about here. And secession has connotations to it. Now national divorce probably does. I know there's a sunk cost fallacy here because folks have spent the last five years or however long on that phrase. But it's going to take us half the conversation to undo that explanation Mm -hmm. unless we just concede that there's probably a a better way to phrase it. Again, I'm with the whole not Marjorie Taylor Greene. I think we have to get this pointed now. I think at this point, the... With social media, the, how fast these things go and how scared these people are of these things, they're telling these crazy people to use these phrases to discredit our movement. So the next mo- thing we do is going to be said by her too because the powers that be make it happen. So what we need to do is not the Marjorie Taylor Green one because when she says that, people are going to be like, what the fuck is she talking about? That would be really great. I think you are giving them a lot of credit for being more coordinated than I think they are. I think it's less that they are giving it to her to use and more just like kind of what you were alluding to earlier, which is they're happy to let her do that because it's just self-destructing. So, yes, we'll call it for the time being National Divorce, not Marjorie Taylor Greens. I, I think what I have done is delay for far too long a discussion on what we're actually talking about. What is, or if I were to say more precisely, prior to Marjorie Taylor Greene, what was (laughs) the idea of national divorce? Well, it's a very simple concept. Uh, Through nullification, Anybody who's studied like the ratification of the Constitution in any serious sense knew that it was the understanding was any time that um, you feel that a state feels that um, the agreement between the states is being violated or no longer feels like the agreement works for that state, it is free to leave the union. Now, some of the benefits of being in the union, like, 
you know, a shared wealth that they can pull from in times of need or whatever may not be available to them anymore if they were to do this. So there is there are costs to leaving the union. This was understood, but they can leave. Uh, now, this in practice was tested during the Civil War. The Civil War, though, a lot of the states that were leaving had demands and taking property and this and that. And there were there was a lot of shady stuff going on, not just on the, the north, but also on the south. Um, and you had a lot of hotheads pushing this. Marjorie Taylor Greene types, let's call it. Um, pushing these movements on the South and definitely <laughs> sitting in that Oval Office. <laughs> uh, which I don't think there was the Oval Office then, right? Probably not. I think it was still in really good shape then. It was a circular office. Was it? it wasn't square? I feel like construction back then would have been more primitive and they would have wanted a square room or a rectangle. Let's just agree that there were likely more right angles. None of these left angles. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Mr. Abe, the, the, the saint that he was, was quite the hothead. And, uh, was down for a fight and didn't was refused to have the union broke up on, on his watch. Took it as a personal insult, right? So he decided to oblige some of these other hotheads in the South with smaller governments on this war. Be a quick war. Go down there, kill a bunch of our brothers and be over real quick well that didn't happen and instead of backing off and saying okay another enough of our brothers have died let's just go separate ways and be done with it at this point his goal was to take over and the south at this point realized that they had to fight to the every last man because the north was coming and they weren't they weren't going to stop if, if they backed off uh, so the fight got bloodier and bloodier and children were orphaned without anybody to take care of them and starved to death in their homes because they're mothers and fathers were killed and uh, there's a particular story of uh, troops marching by uh, a baby that was reaching to them and crying in a, sitting in a pool of his parents blood and nobody would pick him up they didn't have any food or milk and the, for all you know that the baby starved right there sitting next to his dead parents. Uh, 
So just to be clear, you're trying to sell me on us doing this again? Oh, no. We're not going to do the Marjorie Taylor Greene version. What I want to do <laughs> is leave without taking any government stuff quietly. No showboating, no act of aggression towards the, the federal government. Just peacefully leave. My personal belief is the act of aggression, if done by the federal government, would be so unpopular. And with the people that most likely there would be none. And if there was, what do you do? You don't, you don't fight. You just stay back. You don't do it. You don't do anything. You just say, Hey, they come on in. They come in and they're like, Oh, you can't do this. Blah, blah, blah. And we say, okay, okay. Can't do that. Understand. And then when they leave, we do it anyway. And then they come back, we're like, oh, okay, okay. And then when they leave, we do it anyway. I've used the same method with government employees and and inspectors and shit uh, my whole life. Okay, okay. No problem. I got you. I respect your authority. And as soon as they turn their back, I do what I was going to do. And it works because you show them this respect to their face. And the people in the office aren't the aren't the real puppeteers. They're stupid people who want power. And if you pretend like they got it while they look you in the face, they get happy. If you pretend to grovel, they get happy. And then they turn around and you fucking do what you're going to do. And eventually they're like, okay, we fuck it. It's not worth it. So... That works if there's a state full of people like you, but I think there are two things to note. One is in the Civil War in the United States, while yes, there were maybe some demands and it wasn't well executed, it wasn't one-sided either. It's not like if the states had seceded peacefully that the outcome wouldn't have been basically the same it still would have gone to war because to your point it was taken as a personal affront and there was no option considered beyond coming in and taking it back strategy is everything and we don't have to secede we don't have to it doesn't have to work the first time while we may vote for secession, the government can come in and stop it from happening. And maybe we don't do it right then. Maybe we don't do it for a year. We've already voted it to happen. So at this point, we wait until the the eyes aren't looking anymore. And then we do it. Well, well that, that brings me to my second point, which is we have... A modern example of this in Brexit. Yeah. So there was no war there. It was 
at least beyond political warfare. But there have been effectively quite a few casualties. And I think even the folks who were in support of it would admit that it has largely been a failure. And the reason it's a failure isn't exactly the same as... It was purpose. It's purposely a failure. They, The people there don't want to exit the... The people who are in charge of getting out of it, they don't want to be out of it. So they're fucking it up. Well, but let's let's even be more generous than that. Let's say that not only they wanted to leave, but the people wanted would leave. have been better off. But what what I'm saying is like we can we can even be generous. We can build up this argument, right? Is let's say they wanted to leave, and they actually would have been better off leaving just sort of by default. But what we see is that the rest of the European Union has made it very clear that Brexit and all of its supporters is something where they will be made an example. They will be shown That's true to, to, to an extent. But that's a lot of the reasons why that's that's successful is because the government that they're that is involved in Brexit is doesn't want to it wants to it doesn't want to it still wants to eat its cake and then the so you can't get the benefits of the U, UN paying off your politicians and all this shit like this and still and still exit so this is a but that's not what we're talking about in places like New Hampshire we're talking about a a, a group of people that aren't that don't want the money from the government. They don't want any of this. So I, I don't think that's, may, maybe I've done a poor job at articulating the point. I'm not saying what the person leaving wants. I don't think that matters. I think what matters is the rest of them I, that remain will make an example. I understand what you're saying, but like they don't have anything over you if you don't want what they have to give to you, the only, uh, what do you that's, say? Like, that's uh, like saying they're violent. That's like saying Russia. <laughs> well, no, it's like saying Russia didn't have anything to do with the, with the UN or NATO because yeah, uh, we, we, we didn't, uh, technically venture into Russia territory, but we were right at their border Yeah, and we're cutting things off and we're destroying pipelines like, oh, is that what you think they're going? They're going to use violence against us? Is that what you're saying? I'm. That's totally well, different. Think, that's a different thing. Well, no, 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 no. So your your point your point was that if they do something that's very clearly violent or an act of aggression, the people wouldn't stand for it. And all right, I, I don't know. I might be nihilistic enough to say that I actually don't agree with that. But let's say that is the case. Okay. I don't think they actually have to have an act of aggression in order to make this an unsustainable move. Mm -hmm. All they would have to do is to make any interstate commerce and trade impossible. Mm -hmm. 
they would ensure that anyone who is in that state is looked on so harshly as to have maybe proxy aggression and proxy violence happen by way of, oh, maybe some radicals or just sort of letting things happen from maybe the surrounding states and some of the extremists on the other side. And okay, if you, if you cut something off both economically, but also allow things to happen to it without explicitly causing mm-hmm. violence, that can go a long way. You're right. I mean, Nobody here has said this is without risk. There's, It's a game to be played. It's a very strategic game. Uh, and it's likely not to be successful the first try. But as long as we can do it without violence, without actual death, then it's a, it's a win. We can... We can move on from there. We can we can learn from this. Uh, the, but my counter-argument to all of this is the most tyrannical government in my lifetime uh, has been the Soviet Union. And the Soviet Union broke up. Secession happened all over it. It almost seems like overnight and almost no violence. And this was a country that was held together on violence, was killing people nonstop over silly things, a very violent nation. And they were able to do it with very little to no bloodshed. So... It can happen, and we should probably look to figure out what equation works, because if we don't, and we're forced to stay together for too much longer, there will be a war, and that does not look pretty. Cooler heads need to prevail. What is the end goal? Is it to ultimately unify on the other side with a more cooperative structure as opposed to a coerced unification? Uh, or is it to remain... The understanding that, that uh, at least what I subscribe to is... is um... The idea of a a uh, gentleman's agreement, basically, kind of what the Constitution was supposed to be, but all power remaining at the state level, um, you can you can agree or not, I guess. But like the a state that I would move to would have free trade from state to state. Even if that state were to tariff us, we would not tariff them because tariffs ultimately just hurt the state that's tariffing. 
So uh, people who understand that realize that. And while it's annoying that the price of stuff goes up, it ends up making a market for the people in the state that, and, and it's actually profitable for the state that's being tariffed. So in the long run. So I would want to be in a state that was filled with more people that understood those kind of things and and uh and and I also would I would probably want to be in a I know I'd want to be in a state that's more libertarian because we've thought about these things. We're so much further on our thought process than these things. There would be companies popping up with private for private police all the stuff we need to get get it going would be popping up very quickly as opposed to you know uh, some of these places that haven't really thought this out as much where they kind of would want to operate just like they operate with federal government today and things would go be a little harder for those people uh, maybe they would join together to become uh, one bigger state or or not i don't i don't know i don't really don't care as long as i find a place that's free uh that's all that matters to me so i i can't do it i can't do it in the union so the idea is that you break up into states your state government becomes so insignificant because you've stripped it of damn near all its power over the people and you've already established companies that are doing the things that you would think only a state does today uh, that you dissolve it and then you've got your little city or, and then you dissolve them and then ultimately everybody's working together to have this strong state based on ultimate law being private property. And it's this community of people just like an organism working together, very protected uh, because their money that they spend on protection is actually goes towards protection. It doesn't go into everybody else's pockets, you know? It's not paying some guy to stay in power and eat over in some third world country, uh, paying him millions and millions of dollars so he can fuck kids and do blow. Uh, and, you know, that's what we're doing today. That's what we've done for a long, long time. That's where our money, our defense money goes so guys can fuck kids and do blow all day. I mean, and, and just say, hey, yeah, I'm friendly to the U.S. Uh, and I don't want to pay for that shit anymore. I want, I want my defense money to go to defending me. And, and if all of my defense, the money that I pay for defense went to defending me, I'd be a really fucking defended person right now. But as of right now, I mean, I've got to worry about defending myself every day. Uh, but yeah, the, I mean, the goal, 
the ultimate goal is for to for, to find liberty because the natural state of man is liberty and there are hierarchies that's what the one of the things that government exploits out of our nature to weasel its way in as we have natural hierarchies and and like the the old tribe times a lot of the, the time there would be elders and an elder back then wasn't somebody who um, was voted on or had some sort of power or whatever it was typically an elder was somebody who was older and had seen things and was very helpful good at teaching had pretty good advice and naturally became the person that they go look to when they need advice and it was it just happened to be a guy there was a guy who was better at helping people like that and was old that became an elder there was a hierarchy there but it wasn't done through any force it was done through just natural abilities so these things can happen again there are a lot of our tribal instincts that are exploited by government that we need to watch out for but those same tribal instincts when we don't have a government and we're not looking to a a monopoly on violence type entity for help those instincts are are good they can be used for good just like we were saying about the the, the people who are advocating for something you know as long as you as soon as you veer this way, now you're bad. You know what I mean? But you can the same instinct can be used for good. Um, hierarchies are a good thing as long as they're not forced. Uh, um, just for one, you don't want if you're if you're the guy who's really good at at wrenching on stuff, right? In your little say your community, you don't want to be burdened with also have to answer all the damn questions of the younger people that you want the guy who's good at answering the questions to do that what if they're wrench related questions and the elder doesn't know what he's talking about oh then then we're in a conundrum we should probably get a government established if that happens (laughs) cool good talk is 